We're in this series, uh, The Avenger, and we've been looking at God's uh, marvel, a guy by the name of Samson. Samson was called by God, and at birth, he was set apart. He was set apart by God to deliver Israel from uh, Philistine domination. And he was given this supernatural strength by God. And he had this uh, unbelievable God-given potential. But as we're finding out through this series, Samson just keeps making bad decision after bad decision. And it just ends up taking him down. You remember uh, Samson went down to Timnah. And he started hanging out with the, the, in the wrong places. He was hanging out with the wrong crowd. And so this incredible strong man, we find out, has a very, very weak will. And it just messes him up. Uh, we looked at some of the ungodly uh, attitudes that had messed him up. And last week, remember, we saw that Samson had this unchecked emotion in his life. Uh, he had an issue with anger and, and pride, and it took him down a b- 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 bad road. You remember that? And so we, we left off. Samson is hiding out in the desert. The Philistines are hunting for him. He, he's a wanted man. He's public enemy number one. And he's in that situation because he went on a rampage. He uh, killed 30 innocent men to, to settle a bet. And he set fire to the Philistine fields and burned a, a village to the ground. He's being hunted by about 3,000 men. It's an army, basically. And Samson kills 1,000 of them with the jawbone of a donkey. He's worn down. Physically, Samson is dying. I believe in his scripture, he's dying of thirst. And he realizes for the first time he is in big trouble. The, the situation's dire. He's been driven to his knees. And Samson cries out to God. And God hears his prayer. And this is where we left off. It says, then God opened up the hollow place in Leah. And water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned, and he, what? Revived. Samson experiences a miracle. God opened up the ground. A spring came forth. It provided him water. He drinks from it. His strength returns to him. He's revived. And the very next scripture, verse 20, 15, 20, says, Samson led Israel for 20 years in the day of the Philistines. I think this verse gets overlooked. I I believe because it's so short, it doesn't give us much detail, does it? But it captures 20 years in one sentence. You know, 20 years of Samson being faithful to God. 20 years of Samson staying on the right track, doing what he was born to do. 20 years of him being faithful and leading Israel as a judge. He's honoring God. 20 years he serves God. And then Samson goes down again. You know, so much potential. And he just keeps messing up. 
And I think, how does that happen? The fact is, Samson didn't ruin his life all at once. No, Samson does it one step at a time. And friends, I want to suggest that is how it happens in our lives too. It's one step at a time. Samson, he's faithful 20 years. He's leading. He's God-honoring. The people of Israel are are paying attention to him. They're, They're coming back to God. Things are good. They're really good. Verse, verse, verse 1 of chapter 16 starts out, says, one day. Here we go again. All right? Hold on to your seats. One day, Samson went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. 20 years. Things are good. And then one day. It's interesting, you read other stories in Scripture. You read about uh, King David before he had an affair with Bathsheba. And Scripture starts the same way. It says, one day, when kings were to be at war, one day, David stays behind. One day, he's walking around the palace. One day, he spots Bathsheba. One day, friends, changed everything for David. Before long, David's having an affair. His life is spiraling out. Down is what? Down. It always is down. One day, you make a bad decision. One day, you have a lapse in judgment. One day, you step across the line. You know, one day, it happens to people all the time. One day. Everything's going great, and then it starts unraveling. Samson, one day, he went down to Gaza. You know, the fact that Samson's in Gaza is very significant. You know, not only is Gaza a Philistine city, this is the enemy's central headquarters, all right? It says, the people of Gaza were told, Samson's here. In other words, he showed up in town and everybody's talking about it. So they surround the place and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move during the night, saying, at dawn, we will kill him. Samson, he travels 25 miles to Gaza. Samson risks 20 years of faithfulness, puts himself in danger for a night with a prostitute. You know, I think, how could Samson be this stupid, really? I mean, how could you risk so much for so little? And then I think, well, people do it all the time. Do it all the time. Got got a great marriage, got a great family, got great integrity, got this wonderful career, ministry. They've got all these things, really good things. And then one day, you put it at risk. You take one step. You go across the line for that quick fix, for that thing, whatever it is. Samson walks 25 miles. 
That's about 50,000 steps, literally. Samson has 50,000 opportunities every time he takes a step going, you know what? This is kind of stupid. You know what? what? What am I doing? But he doesn't do that. The fact is, I do not think that people sit down and go, you know what? I got this plan to mess up my life. I mean, I, I've never met anyone that goes, hey, hey, pastor, come here. You know what my 10-year plan is? I have a 10-year plan. I am going to be addicted to pornography by the time I'm 30. Yeah, my goal is to destroy my marriage and destroy my family. That's what I'm, I'm going to do. It doesn't happen like that, does it? No, it happens one click at a time, one purchase at a time. Little by little, one step at a time, and we go down. I mean, I don't know anybody who goes, hey, I got this great plan. I, I want to be broke in the next five years. And I'm pretty sure if I play my cards right, I can be broke by 2017. Doesn't happen that way, does it? Here's how it happens. Ooh, new car. Ooh, sweet clubs. New computer. Bigger house. I know what? I'll start gambling so I can get more money. I'll I'll start a business even though I have no common sense with this stuff. And friends, step by step by step before long, what happens? You're in the sea of debt and you're drowning. It's a web. I don't know anybody that goes, got this great marriage, wonderful family. My, My plan is to have an affair and destroy it all. It doesn't happen that way, does it? No, it's a lingering glance, a little flirting, a little email, a little text, a little conversation. And before long, bit by bit, step by step, little by little, next thing you know, you're falling into bed and you're caught in this web. Samson, (laughs) Samson takes one step after another. He gets caught in this web of sin and it, He does these things that are just crazy, but ultimately they bring him down. They destroy him. You know, Samson, he starts out, he taunts the enemy. You know, Samson took his first step toward Gaza. He was taunting the enemy. When he entered the city, he was taunting the enemy. When he slept with the Philistine woman, Samson was taunting the enemy. This has been an issue for Samson. We've talked about it almost every week. He, he heads in a direction, and he's just taunting people. Scripture says, but Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. Then he got up, took hold of the doors of the city gate, together with the two posts, and tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them to his shoulders, carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Do you follow what just happened there? Samson had a romp in the hay. And then in the middle of the night, he goes out. Philistines are waiting. They're going to kill him as soon as the sun rises. He slips out in the cover of the night, goes to the city gate. He rips the gates from the wall of the city, frame and all, all right? 
fact, archaeologists say that gates in that day, in this particular area of the country, would have weighed anywhere from 700 to 1,100 pounds. This gate represented security to the city. Think about this. Samson's making a statement to the Philistines. Philistines, you think you're safe, don't you? Well, you're not safe with me around. And he tears the gates from the wall, carries it to the top of the hill where everybody's going to see it. And he's taunting the enemy again. And friends, I know people that taunt the enemy all the time. They blow off the, the evil one's power. And it usually is something like this. Oh, I can handle it. I can handle it. It's not going to be a problem. They, they underestimate the mission of the evil one in this world. You know, Satan, he, he wants to steal, steal from you. He wants to kill you. And he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy everything that matters to the heart of God. Peter writes this. He says, be alert. Be on watch. Your enemy, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone to, what? Devour. I want you to listen very carefully. Satan, the evil one, whatever word you want to use, does not want to just hurt you a little bit. You know, Satan does not want to wound you a tiny bit. Friends, he wants to bring you down. He wants to destroy you. He wants to devour you. Too many times, friends, I've talked to too many people through the years, we underestimate the enemy and we way overestimate our abilities. And so people do stupid things. People go to stupid places. I can handle this. This isn't a big deal. It's just a little thing. And step by step by step, we taunt the enemy. Friends, it will bring you down. Be on alert. Watch out. Pay attention. People taunt the enemy, I think, all kinds of ways. You know, uh, a married guy is on a business trip. And so all the single guys are going to go out drinking, going to hit the single scene. And so the married guy is like, I, I, can, I can do this. I, I can handle this. It'll be okay. And then three or four drinks later, well, watch out. Watch out. You know, or, or you're financially strapped. Really, things are kind of dire. And you go, hey, hey, honey, let's go to the car lot and just walk around. You know, we're just going to look. And I'm thinking, what, what is that about? What are we doing? Friends, you're taunting the enemy. Watch out. You know, it will get you in trouble. It will bring you down. You know, the deal is too many people think, oh, I'm okay, I can handle it. Everyone else may fall, everybody else may have a problem with it, but not me, man, I am standing strong. I am good on this one. You know, Paul says, if you think you're standing firm, you better be careful that you do not fall. Be careful, 
watch, alert. If you taunt the enemy, friends, it will bring you down. That's the first thing Samson did. He taunted the enemy. Then Samson, he begins to rationalize his sin. I think that's what happens, you know. He, he's been down this path before. We, we talked about it the very first week. He went down to Timnah. Why did he go? He was chasing after a Philistine girl. The Philistines, they, they worshipped false god. For Samson, she was forbidden to him. He was to find someone that worshipped the same god. But he, but he goes down this road again. It says in uh, Judges 16.4, says, sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. This is the third time we've been down the same road. This is the third time we, we find Samson is messing around with a Philistine girl. This is the third time Samson rationalizes his sin. And I think it's so easy to rationalize sin. You know, this is my one thing. This is my one thing. I I deserve the little uh, diversion in my life. It's nobody's business. This isn't hurting anybody. You know, it's, it's just this once. If nobody knows, it's not a big deal, is it? And so we rationalize. That's what Samson did. Samson rationalizes it. Says the rulers of the Philistines went to her, talking about Delilah here, and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. The Philistine leaders... They go to Delilah. They basically offer her a a bribe. They offer her a lot of cash, a pile of cash. And so she agrees. She'll try and figure out what his secret is. I'd I'd encourage you this week. It'd be a great devotion for you. Judges 16, read the whole chapter. It's it's, uh, very poignant. But here's the cliff notes, all right? Delilah goes to Samson. Oh, Samson. Oh, sweetheart. What's the secret of your strength? He says, well, it's like this. If you put seven straps on me, it has to be seven, I will become as weak as any other guy. Now, Samson lied. Samson falls asleep that night. The Philistines sneak into the home. They're hiding. Delilah ties him up with seven straps. And then she goes, Oh, Samson, the Philistines are here. I'm pretty good, aren't I? Huh? Huh? (laughs) Samson breaks free. He breaks the straps, all right? Delilah's like, oh, I can't believe. I can't believe you lied to me, you know. I'm so disappointed. 
please, 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 tell me your secret. All right. It's not straps. It's new rope. If you get new rope, if you go down to the hardware store and get some new rope, and you tie me up with the new rope, then I'm going to lose all my supernatural God-given strength. Samson goes to sleep. He gets tied up with new rope. Samson, the the Philistines. He wakes up. He he breaks free again. Now Delilah is really disturbed. Oh, Samson. Oh, you're making a fool of me. Samson, why won't you tell me the truth? Sweetie pie, honey lips, please tell me. It's kind of scriptural. Remember the lion? Um, Samson goes, okay. I'm sorry. It's my hair. Now he's getting closer to the truth. But but he's still a bit short here. Because he goes, if you braid my hair into seven braids... And, and you take those braids and you work them into a loom and you tighten them with pins. It's some fancy hairdo. That's all I can figure, all right? Then if you do that, I'll be really weak then. So surprise, she does it again. And it doesn't work again. Now, I got to tell you, when I read the story... At this point in the story, I'm thinking, Samson has to be the dumbest man to ever walk the planet. (laughs) Seriously. Three times, Samson, he lies to Delilah about the secret of his strength. Three times, she betrays him. This boy's stupid, I've decided. You know, brain definitely, well, you know, all right? Now, she's going to press him. She says, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you've made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your strength. Delilah's going to pull out the heavy artillery. She's on a mission, all right? The very next verse, it says, with such nagging, She prodded him day after day after day after day after day after day. Well, you get what I mean. Until he was tired to death. Samson gets sick and tired of the nagging. He couldn't stand it anymore. He he, he gives in. He gives in. Now, pay attention here. Samson... Strong enough to kill a lion with his bare hands. Samson, a guy that killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. Samson that rips a gate from the city, carries it to the top of the hill. This guy, incredible stuff. Incredible strength. He can't deal with this little woman (laughs) named Delilah. What's with that? Next scripture says, so he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I've been a Nazarite, dedicated to God from my mother's womb. Remember his vow? 
It was a Nazarite vow. It was don't drink alcohol, don't touch stuff with grapes in it, don't touch anything dead, don't cut your hair. He says, if my head were shaven, my strength would leave me, and I would become weak as any other man. He says, dedicated to God from my mother's womb. It's almost like Samson's recalling who he was created to be. You know, I I think today some of you have forgotten who you were created to be. You've forgotten the man that God created you to be. You've forgotten the woman that God created you to be. You've forgotten the husband God created you to be, the wife God created you to be, the, the father that God created you to be, the mother that God created you to be. God did not put you on this planet to just take up space. You know, God didn't put you on this earth and breathe life into you so you would spend all of your energy and all of your time building your kingdom. God did not put you on this planet for everything to revolve around you. God put you here to use your talents and your energies and your resources to make a difference in this world and make a difference in eternity. But so many times we forget I mean, some of you just need to hear today, you are made for more than this world. You were. Scripture says, verse 19 of Judges, says, having put him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him. And he felt, and his strength left him. Now, I wonder how many today, you know, you're living in disobedience to God, you know, not honoring God. And so what happens when you live that way is you get to embrace life without God's strength in your life. You know, you're not living in a way that that you're honoring. And so you've got to battle all the stuff with your own strength. You don't have God's strength. You're weak, weak, weak. Samson, his hair gets shaved off. God's strength leaves Samson. You know, Samson, he taunted the enemy. He rationalized his sin. And then he assumes that his disobedience will never cost him. Well, he would assume wrong. It's the same mistake lots of people make. I've gotten by with this before. It'll be okay. I know, I know it's not right, but I can navigate this. Oh, be careful, be careful. Verse 20 says, then she called Samson. The Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. You know, I've done this before. I'll, I'll break free. I'll be Okay. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Samson didn't know God had left him. Samson had no clue that things had changed. You know, some of you right now, you're thinking, you know what, I've gotten by with it once. I've gotten by with it several times. I've got by with it time and time and time again. 
Nobody knows. Nobody held you accountable. It's okay. You know, maybe, maybe you almost got caught. But you talked your way out of it with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, with the boss, maybe. Hear this. Do not make the mistake of thinking that you will always get by with it, that you can get by with it forever. I've gotten by before. I'll shake myself free again. Samson's in this web of sin, and it takes him down. Sin will always take you down. Scripture says that. He doesn't realize this time God's God's left him. God's not with him anymore. Verse 21, it says, Then the Philistines seized him, gorged out his eyes, and, and took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles. They set him to grinding grain in the prison. Samson, born, supernatural strength, God-given strength and potential, born to deliver Israel from the Philistines. His eyes get gorged out. They put him in shackles. They sentence him to hard labor in a Philistine prison. And I think, how did that happen? How did it happen to this guy that had so much potential? I mean, how did it happen? How does he end up going down? Friends, it happens the same way it always happens, the way it happens in our life, one step at a time. It's how it happens. You've got to be careful here. You've got to be careful. I mean, if we're not, we'll get jammed up. And here's kind of the moment of truth today. I want to challenge everybody here with one very simple question. Where are you stepping away from God? For some of you, it may be the very first step. For some, you're three or four steps down the road. For some, you may be 50,000 steps down that road. And some of you, if you're honest, there are so many steps that you can't even recall how many steps you've taken. But where are you stepping away from God? You know, maybe you're a Christian. And the reality is, you don't spend any time with God. You haven't opened your Bible in months, maybe years. Yeah, you haven't lifted a prayer to God, unless you need some. You haven't talked to God about anything in a long, long time. You know, God's not first in your life. He's not first in your relationships. He's not first in your priorities. He's not first in your finances. He's not first in your schedule. The reality is God's not first in anything. Oh, you still come to church. Maybe not as often as you used to. Still got your long hair, so you look the Christian part, but outwardly, I mean, nobody, nobody knows, but inwardly, you know, you've drifted. You know, for some, maybe, maybe it's lust, you know, that I, I want it, I got to have it, you know, and so it's led you down a path of just ungodly stuff. You're, you're watching stuff you shouldn't be watching, flirting with someone you shouldn't be pursuing, buying stuff you can't afford, you know, doing stuff you know is wrong or illegal or immoral. You know, for some it's greed. You, you just got caught up in this world. You know, willing to do whatever you got to do to get a buck, 
A buck's a buck, isn't it? You just cross the lines. A little bit, then a little more. Why did we do it? Because we want what we want. And I know it's easy to convince yourself, oh, it's not a big deal. It's stepping away. It's stepping away. You know, for some, it's an issue of anger. For some, it's an issue of honesty. You're not being honest with your spouse or your parents or your employer. For some, it's the bars. For some, it's a casino. I don't know what it is for you. But where are you stepping away? And I know as I say that, there is not a person here that something didn't cross your mind when I asked that question. You know, what is it? And no matter how small it is, you got to remember this. One, down happens one step at a time. One small step at a time. One little step at a time. And two, you're only as strong as you are honest. You know, where are you stepping away from God? If you're stepping away from God, what do do you do? What do you do? Well, friends, it's real simple. You turn around. You go the other way. You step toward God. And here's the great thing. God's always waiting. He's always waiting for you. You know, Samson, his hair, it was an outward symbol of an inward devotion he had. Everybody that would have seen Samson would have known because of his hair that he was a Nazarite. Samson's lack of hair screams disobedience to God, to anybody that saw him. Publicly, he is shamed. He is broken. He's humiliated. And then scripture says this. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. When I read that, I kind of go, duh. I think, why would the author of this book put that in there? We all know this, right? You shave your head, it's going to grow back. I believe that the author put that in the story because he wanted us to know that just as sure as a shaved head that the hair will grow back, that God's grace is going to be that sure. You know, even though Samson disobeyed, even though he was disobedient, and it came with a high, high, high price. Even though Samson squandered a lot, a lot of his God-given potential. Even though Samson is weak, he's blind now, he's broken And he's laboring in a prison. I think the verse was to point us to God saying to Samson, you know, that which gave you strength will grow again. You'll get another chance, Samson. And friends, to me, that's encouraging. 
to know that God's grace is, is always there. And I, I may have squandered all of this a year, two years, 10 years, 20 years. I, I squandered almost all my life. But God's grace, as sure as the hair grows back on Samson's head, is God's grace in your life. And we're going to pick this up next week. But friends, Samson's down, but he's not out because of God's grace. You know, we said this over and over through this series. The evil one makes the strong. He specializes in making them weak. But God loves to make the weak strong. And that's what he's going to do with Samson, and that's what he can do in our lives. Let's stand for a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, I... We have all taken steps down the wrong roads. Some of us got messed up pretty bad. We look back and we go, man, it was one step after another after another. Bad decisions, choices. God, forgive us of that. God, I know as I say that there's some, they're on that road today. God, I pray you would give them the strength and the wisdom to just turn around. Step back toward you. God, I praise you for the times that I've been down those wrong roads and turned around and your grace, it was waiting. But you were always ready to use me again, to strengthen me. God, I know there are many here today that would stand in testimony to your amazing grace that They thought they were down for the count and you picked them up and stood them up and strengthened them and used them. God, I pray that we would be your people, that we would always seek your face. God, we give you the glory, we give you the praise with all we say and do. And God's people said,